might, not your might, not my might, but his might. But on the whole armor of God, they may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Verse 14, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, looked at that last week, Verse 15 this week, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And then the weeks following, we're going to look at these verses. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. We'll stop there. We're looking at, we've been looking at the last few weeks, how the the necessity of armor. We need armor. We desperately need armor. Our battle is uh, spiritual, right? It's not physical. Uh, we get confused sometimes when we get fighting with people in the church and you get fighting with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and I'm telling you, when that happens, you need, boy, you better better stop and pray the Holy Spirit of God will begin tapping. You go, it's not them. It's not, this is a spiritual thing going on here. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses God to us. He accuses us to God and he accuses us to each other. And I'll tell you, there's times you'll have the craziest thoughts go through your mind about somebody. I just know they meant that and I just know they're thinking that. And I just know and tell you that is Satan because you don't know, right? And unless you really do know, that's different. But, <laughs> but, but you don't know. And even, even when you do, you know, you know, we're told how to dwell with one another in forgiveness. And, uh, and so our, our, our battle is spiritual, not physical. Satan will attack he will attack. I mean, he's slick. Sometimes we don't realize it's satanic. Sometimes we don't realize there are, <clears throat> there, there are demonic activities that are going on around us, not in us, if you're a believer, but around us. And we're not, we're, we're, sometimes we're not aware of what that's like. You, be, you ever be just trucking along in your day and having a wonderful day and all of a sudden, whoop, like just this cloud, dark cloud comes over. And I mean, you, you think like, I was having a good day. What happened? Where did this come from? I'll tell you, it's satanic. It's demonic. And uh, sometimes you just need to, uh, with the authority that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ, say, hey, the Lord rebuke you. You need to go. You just need to take off, okay? And, uh, he, but he's going to attack. He's going to attack. And because of that, God has given us armor. When we've looked at that, remember two weeks ago we looked at the belt of truth. Gird up your loins with truth. And then last week we looked at the breastplate of righteousness. And so the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is telling us to put on to put on this armor. What is it? It's our responsibility. We've got to do it. it doesn't, we just don't wake up with it on. Actually, it's like when you go to sleep, it gets taken off. And when you get up the next morning, you've got to make sure you put it back on again, right? And my uncle and aunt had a dog, and they'd eat. I was surprised they even let him in the house. They lived out on a farm, and you know they had all farm animals, and the animals weren't allowed in the house. But this dog, in their older age, they got kind of soft and a bunch of compromisers, and let the dog in the house. And uh, he'd he'd call his dog over. And he'd say, "Come here, buddy. Time to get undressed for bed." And he'd take his collar off of him every night and set it aside. Time to get undressed for bed. And uh, it's like, what has happened to you? You know. Anyway, you got to put it on every day. You got to put it on every day. How do you put on the belt of truth? The, the gird up your loins of truth. Well, you, we read the Word of God. You've got to be in the Word. You've got to be memorizing the Word. You've got to be me, uh, meditating on the Word of God. It's not just a religious checklist, friend. It's a part of your armor that has to go on every day. 
You've got to be in the Word of God. That is how you put on, how you gird up the gird up your loins with truth, right? The Word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, David said in Psalm uh, 119.11. You can remember that one if you like guns, like a 1911. Just put a one on the front of it. It's a one. You have one, 1911. You'll remember that one, okay? Probably not. So... So how do you put on the breastplate of righteousness? We saw right, the Bible, the Word of God, is, is the belt of truth. How do you put on the breastplate of righteousness? But by obeying what you've read. It's righteousness. It is doing what is right. Be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only, we see in James 1.22. And so we, we, we looked at the last couple of weeks, but notice today, verse 15, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we're going to look at this next aspect of our armor is that is that is necessary for victory. Right? A lot of people live in a uh, live in a total unvi- uh, non-victorious life, Christian life. They are constantly constantly beat up and uh, they're constantly running around with arrows poking out of them all over the place. And they just don't have victory. Here's the third aspect of victory, which is our shoes. What kind of shoes you wear? And we're going to look at that today. Let me pray with you real quick. Father, Lord, would you teach us this morning by your Holy Spirit? And as your word goes out, would you help us to receive what you have? Give us the understanding that we need. Give us the mind that we need. And Lord, as is said, as with the breastplate of righteousness, may we leave today putting on and doing Uh, what we have seen and learned in your word. Would you help us to do that today? And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You ever got something in your shoe? A pebble? (laughs) Drives you crazy. Drives you nuts. I mean, it will stop all forward movement, man. You could have been trucking along on a hike. You could have been going up the, you know, hiking the Appalachian Trail or out in the Colorado hiking or out in your backyard here hiking around and doing some walking and you could be making some real ground and all of a sudden something gets down in your shoe and everything stops, right? People are still walking. You're going, hold on a minute and you're taking your shoe off and you're dumping stuff out of it. You can't move. You can't walk when there's junk in your, in, in your shoes and things agitating your feet. My brother, uh, when he was young, was mowing the yard uh, in his bare feet. I don't know what was wrong with him, but uh, Brother Earl, you know my brother. And maybe you could tell me what was wrong with him. But anyway, and, uh, and uh, he was mowing in his bare feet and he hit a wire that was out in the yard. Right up into his heel. Chipped his ankle. Went right up into his... And chipped that little bone there. And I tell you what, you're not going to walk very long. And, and if I... Re- if, well, no, that was... I think that was my sister. Did My sister stepped on a, on a common pin or something and went up in her foot. And she tried to hide it because she didn't want my dad messing with it. And it was, I mean, it was bad until he finally was like, what are you doing? And she's like, nothing. Right? And he put her up on the table and it's like, there's a piece of a pin up in her, up in her foot. I, you know what? It's hard to, she wasn't running. You know, she was, she was hobbling. She's keeping, I mean, you just, you, when there's something in the foot, you just cannot, you cannot go forward like you intend to go forward. You're, you're, you're going to favor that every time. Right? Um. Paul uses this illustration. We're looking at Roman, at the at the Roman military, and at the at the garb that they would have on, the armor that they are going to wear, and he's and he's in his mind 
undoubtedly, it's not it's not a pair of work boots with you know steel toes. He's not thinking about that. They don't have them. He's thinking about these Roman sandals that these uh, that the, the the battle sandals that they would have worn in that day. And all of these shoes that these soldiers would wear had a distinct purpose to them. All right, there's about three things I would I'll show you here that I think are have the purpose of these shoes. One is stability. The history says they had a very thick thick leather sole. They had these leather straps, and you've seen the pictures of them that would wrap around the foot, and then they'd come up the calf so far, and they'd wrap around, and that would, again, give it stability. They would go, and they would nail these brass little knobs into the bottom of their shoes to give them some traction, kind of like early cleats, like you'd see out on a football field or a soccer field. Not quite like that, but those, even those shoes, I think those, those cleats, sometimes they they're, they unscrew and they can put different ones in those. They're pretty cool. Or golf shoes, same thing with golf shoes. If you have, I won't say anything. Anyway, uh, but they, they do it as well, right? And it's, we're talking about stability. Shoes give us stability to move and to be agile and, and to go faster than we normally would. I don't think anybody here has, has uh, the, the feet of... Uh, Somebody who's grown up barefoot their whole life. I mean, around here, you, I mean, you go back 75 years, a lot of a lot of kids went barefoot. I mean, until I knew uh, I knew a man down in Castle. He said we never wore shoes till the first snow flew. I mean, then because we didn't have any shoe, we had one pair, so you didn't wear them. And that was pretty normal in uh, around here in years gone by, especially Piedmont. I mean, I don't think they still wear shoes, do they? <laughs> Probably not. And. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I think we're probably a little more redneck than that down here. But, uh, but I'll tell you, you know, it's stability so you can move faster. It's protection from the rough surfaces of the ground. When I was a kid, my feet were pretty, you know, I, could, I went barefoot most of the year, but not today, man. I walk across the kitchen floor and there's some, the dog brings a piece of sand in and I'm like, whoa, what is that? You know, that hurts. It's like, oh, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah. It would protect them. Not only that, those shoes that those Romans wore protected them from uh, from from some of the uh, from some of the weapons that were used. Right? Uh, they had this really thick tongue that was on the top of those sandals that came up and protected the top of the foot. It protected uh, the, the 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 inner part of the shin or the the top part of the shin, and uh, it it offered right instead of a sword whacking away at your shin. Hopefully that tongue of that sandal would keep that from happening so we have stability we have we have protection we have enhanced movement they could go further longer i mean you can hike for a while but you're you're not going to hike as far barefoot as you will with a good pair of shoes on now i know there's runners in south america that run barefoot and 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 my son-in-law he's he's a he's a he's done a 50k he's done a 50 mile he's done a marathon and uh He's, it's amazing. He's built like me. And I try to tell him, oh no, no, you short people can't run. He goes, oh no, short people are better long distance runners. And I said, okay, then I'm just lazy and I hate running. But, uh, but he would say your feet, listen, God has, has designed your feet with that arch, right? He said, you're actually better off to be barefoot than with shoes on. He said, it's like a bridge. I, mean, I know this is, has nothing to do with it, but we're talking about stability, enhanced movement. I'll, I'll fit it in that way. But you got that arch. He goes, it's like taking a curved bridge and running something up underneath it. He says it loses all of its strength. And he goes, you get shoes with these big, with these big um, arch supports. It, it kind of ruins how God made your feet for the strength of your feet. It makes them weaker. 
It's like, oh, isn't that interesting? And so, uh, but yeah, no, there's a, there's a whole book you can read about those in South America. They only run barefoot. They do not run with shoes on. And they're long-distance runners. It's very interesting. But normally, <laughs> right, especially if you're in a battle scene, if you've got horses running around and stomping on your foot and you've got uh, artillery being thrown at you, it, it helps you go a little further. It helps you stay in the battle a little longer if you have shoes on, right, that protect your feet. Right? You, you can run faster sometimes with certain shoes. Right? I love how people try to compare basketball stars today's and when they were real basketball stars, right? Larry Bird and Bill Walton and all those guys, right? The real ones. Do you realize they did what they did with the pair of Converse canvas tennis shoes that were flat-bottomed, right? They, they didn't have $300 Air Jordans, man. Air, Air Jordan wasn't even going in the air yet, man. And uh, these guys were, these guys, well, he might have been in college, but, but anyway, man, these guys, they, had, they didn't have much that great for, for, for shoes like they do today, and they were, they were pretty awesome. They, they really were. But uh, these new shoes are pretty awesome today, man. Put them on, they're light, right? They have all this gel stuff in them now, right? So, I mean, it's just, you can be more agile. You, could have, you ever watch those NFL guys run? They'll run, they'll stop, and they'll turn. Did you see how I did that? That was a pretty good one. They'll stop, and they'll turn. Yeah, hurt my knee. And uh, it's incredible. Why? They, they're shoes. They have cleats. They have different cleats for different turf. It's all about, listen, it's about agility. It's about movement. It's about protection. It's about all of these things. And the sandals, these sandals that these, this, this military, would, they, they were like, like a military-grade boot that you might have today were these sandals. And so notice this. Paul has taken this whole illustration. I spent way too long on it. But he's taken this whole thing with the sandal, and he's showing us that God has given us shoes for battle. Wait, no, this was God's idea. God says, I'm going to give you armor, and a part of your armor is for your feet. It's, for, it's going to be shoes. And so, like the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, okay, the shoes have got to be put on every day. You've got to put them on. You get the truth belt on you. Get the breastplate of righteousness on you. You're obeying the Word of God. You've already been in the Word of God. You're beginning to obey the Word of God already. And how, one of the first ways you can obey the Word of God, put those shoes on. Get your shoes on. Why? Because you're going out today. You're not just going to lay around the house. You're going to go out. You're going to put your shoes on. I know, I know, I know. They go to Walmart now. There's a guy over here doing concrete. I was like, are those your pajamas? <laughs> he had Crocs on and these, anyway, stuff. And I thought they looked like pajamas. Oh, no. These are swimming shorts. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have said it, but... Just, I mean, you see it, don't you? I mean, they, they can't even get dressed anymore, right? And, uh, but you're going, to put your, you're going to put your shoes on. And having your feet shod, that word shod is just another word to say the word shoed, like you'd shoe a horse, right? And so this is the same thing that these Roman soldiers did every time before they went out into battle. They would never go out into battle barefoot if they had to. If they, if they didn't have to, right? The stability, the protection, the movement they, the, that they were able to do. These shoes are made for a specific purpose, right? They're made from a specific material. They had to be leather, right? They weren't going to make them out of papyrus, right? You write on that. You don't make, you, you know, the, you could get... Anybody ever have paper dresses? Not guys, girls. Anybody of the girls, any of you ladies have paper dresses? 
Is that way too far back? Is it really? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I just didn't know how far back it was. I'm not saying you're that far back. I just didn't know how far back it was. But yeah, could you imagine paper shoes? That wouldn't go very far. Right? Paper socks might be all right for a little while. If you had a shoe to go over it. But not paper shoes. They were, it was a specific material. Listen, God gives us a shoe to wear in battle. Listen to me. That will never wear out. Do you remember when the children of Israel going through the wilderness? It said their feet didn't even swell. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. I, listen, I think God is able, if he's able in the physical realm to make shoes not to wear out and clothes not to wear out, I think he's able in the spiritual realm to make sure our gospel shoes never wear out. And when you notice, when we see what these gospel shoes really are, you're going to find out, yeah, they it will. It'll never, it'll never wear out. They'll never wear out. They'll never keep us from not being able to stand firm in what God has called us to do. They will, these, these gospel shoes, they will always allow us to move forward and go forward. Listen, they will always work. The only way they will not work is if they're sitting in your closet and you haven't put them on. It's like going to the construction site in your tennis shoes. And having some Yahoo drop something worth about 400 pounds on your foot and go, that hurt. <laughs> Smashed every bone in my foot. Well, yeah, dummy, you wore your tennis shoes. Maybe you should have had your steel toe boots or your, or your composite. I like the composite toe boots better because sometimes even the steel can kind of bend down and take toes off if it's heavy enough. But that's another thing. Yeah. You wore the wrong shoes. You got to put them on. Listen, if they were on, if you if you get them on, they're always going to fit. They'll always be the right size, and they're always going to work. And if you got listen, if you if you got darts coming out of you because you couldn't get away quick enough, right? Because you weren't agile enough, because you didn't have the right shoes on. To, if you, if you got darts coming out all, all over you, it's because it's because you neglected to put some part of the armor on. You haven't done it. So what are the shoes? I know, you're just itching to know, I can tell. If you look in your closet, you might see that there's different genre of shoes, different types of shoes. And they generally serve different purposes. Now, I don't know about ladies' shoes, what purposes they fulfill, because there's a lot of different, different uh, types of shoes in that closet. And, and you, know, you know, right, you know what they're for, I don't. I don't know what they're about. But I know those, some are this way and some are that way and some are sandals and some are the right color for the right season and, and I'm like, whatever. But you've got work boots, right? Now in a guy's closet, you have like two subjects. Okay, maybe three. You've got shoes that you wear almost every day and shoes that you wear once a week, right? That's about it, right? And, uh, but you may have work boots. You may have dress shoes. You might have tennis shoes. You may have flip-flops. Don't know why a guy would have those. You might have slippers if you wear slippers. Uh, you, you might have different types of shoes. And we categorize our shoes by our purposes. Yeah. If you're just going to lounge around by the pool like Brother Earl does because they're independently wealthy and retired and, and uh, he just lounges around all day, you might be in your flip-flops just strolling around. You're, what are you not expecting to do? You're not expecting to lift anything heavy. You're not expecting to go on a hike. You're not expecting to get out and, uh, you know, 
you know, unload a dump truck's worth of dirt or anything like that for your garden, maybe. Right? You might put on different shoes for that. But we have a purpose for all of our shoes. And here in verse 15, we have the name of the shoes that God provides. And they're called, look at this, the preparation of the gospel of peace. So this is the purpose of these shoes. The preparation of the gospel of peace. Notice this word preparation. What's it mean? Readiness. It just means readiness. If your job is to fight fires and you show up on a fully engulfed building, right, without your fire boots and you're in flip-flops, Brother Neil, you're not ready for the fire, are you? Yeah. Now, now rural may show up like that, don't they? Rural shows up like that. Yeah. Because they're just trying to be the first nine there to get paid. And they may have rolled out of bed and they got all their 4,000 sirens on their truck running like they're going somewhere and... uh, wasn't that a bummer? You get there and you realize, up oh, too late. They got paid and I don't. You know. Anyway, ready. Listen, if you showed up like that, you're not ready, right? If a soldier is woken up by bombs going off and he runs out to the battle without any shoes on or without his combat boots on, listen, he's not ready. He's not ready to fight as watch as effectively as he could fight if he had the right shoes on. He might fight for a while. Yeah. But he's not going to stay in there as long as he could have or he could with the right shoes on. So the shoes that God gives us, watch this, they are preparation. They are the preparation. He said, boy, I've got to get ready for this battle. I've got to be prepared for Satan. I've got to be prepared for the attack of Satan. Well, the way you're prepared is by putting on these shoes. Put them on. The very fact that we have them on means that we are prepared mentally. We are prepared spiritually. We are prepared uh, physically. But what are we prepared for? Look at this. Secondly, notice this. Your feet shod with the preparation of what? The gospel. The gospel of peace. It's a compound word. That word good where we get the word eulogy. You. You angelos. Angelos meaning messenger. So what is the gospel? It's the good news. Now in the Bible times especially, you remember they'd be in battle and they'd send runners. They'd send messengers back. They'd send the angelos back. And they would go back to the king and they'd report on the battle. Or they'd go back somewhere and report what was going on. Remember the messenger came to David with, when, when um, Absalom was killed. And uh, David was waiting to hear back. And they said, the battle's doing this and doing this. He's like, but how is Absalom? And uh, then another one ran up, right? The other one who actually had the message ran up. And uh, he said, how is Absalom? And he says, uh, your enemy has been taken care of. Hmm. Not the mess. Hey, that was a messenger, but to David, that wasn't good news. That was bad news. And so they would be called, they called him an angelos, a messenger, a messenger. See, the word gospel doesn't mean just news, but it means good news. It's good news. And there is no better news than the gospel. Amen? There is no, oh, come on, let me try that again. Where'd it go? Nope, nope, too late. There is no better news than the gospel. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. And there's, hey, there's a lot of news being preached out there that's not good news. Right? Another way to heaven except by, in, uh, apart from Jesus Christ, that's not good news. That's a lie. That's bad news. Yeah. 
There's a lot of things. We have the good news. It's Jesus Christ. Look at this. It's of peace. So the good news, the gospel is the good news. And watch, it's the gospel of peace. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Just go back a few pages. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verses 14 through 18. Ephesians 2 verse 14. For he is our peace, Jesus Christ. He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. What is the good news? Well, the good news is that the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, yes, for thousands of years, lambs have been slain and the blood has been applied and God has received that blood as an atonement for the sin to cover the sins of the people until the Messiah himself comes to take away all sin. And so the good news is that Jesus came, his blood was shed, it was accepted by the Father and that that atoning blood has made peace between us and God. Hey, we were at enmity with God. I don't know how many of you uh, growing up got a little sideways with dad and peace was gone, wasn't there? Right. Peace was gone. Or mom. Sometimes mom's worse than dad, but when peace is gone, whoa, watch out, right? Yeah, th- things are flying everywhere, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The blood of Jesus Christ, watch, took away that wall of partition and made it possible that now we're at peace with Him. That's a good news, man. That is good news. Romans 5, we have peace with God. Philippians chapter 4, we have the peace of God. And 16 times in the New Testament, Paul writes this, grace to you and peace from God and Father of our Lord Jesus and of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the peace with God, we have peace of God, and we have the peace from God. It's His in His alone. Oh, the world gives peace. Jesus says that my peace I give unto you, not as the world give, give I unto you. Jesus says, I give you peace. And so we see here the peace of God. We are shod. When we put these shoes on, we are shod with the good news we are, with the preparation, we're prepared, watch, with the good news. We're prepared. What's our preparation? The gospel of Jesus Christ. So what do gospel shoes accomplished? Well, several things. These gospel shoes allow us to stand. They, they allow us in our spiritual battle, we have the ability to dig our heels in and stand our ground. If you have the gospel shoes on, be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Right. You know what? You know how you're going to do that? You've got to keep those gospel shoes on. It, we, it gives us the, this gospel. These gospel shoes give us the ability to advance. If we are not moving forward in battle, we are being pushed backward. If we are not advancing in battle, we are... We are, or we are uh, running backward from the battle. And uh, if we are not experiencing new victories in our Christian life over sin, watch please, we are, you are being pushed backward. You're not advancing. If you're not learning new truth, if you're not growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're being pushed backward. 
And the, what these gospel shoes do, if you've got them on, they help you to move forward, not backward. But notice thirdly, the protection. We need protection, don't we? We need protection from temptation. We need protection from false doctrine so that we're not uh, moved by every wind of doctrine that comes out of there, right? It is the gospel shoes that give the child of God the ability to stand, to advance, and to protect their feet so they can stand and advance. It's the gospel. So how do they work? When you put the shoes on, what activates them? What is actually going on with these spiritual shoes? What are you doing? You say, well, I'm putting my shoes on. Well, how do I put them on? Obviously, it's spiritual when I'm going to sit there in the room and do this invisibly. With <laughs> How do I put them on? Do you remember this? Every, every aspect of the armor is put on by doing something. The, the belt of truth, what, how do you put it on? Reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God. The breastplate of righteousness, how do you put, put that on? By doing. When you begin to obey the Word of God, that breastplate goes on. So how do you put on the gospel shoes? How do you put them on? Does anybody, does anybody think Mark 16, 15 is familiar to you? He said unto them, Go into all the world and what? Preach the gospel to every creature. I haven't tried to preach my dog. He just looked at me like. He's getting close though. Saw a deep conviction yesterday. No, preach the gospel. Watch this. The gospel shoes are put on and activated, right? Preparation, they're put on. And they're activated, watch, when you are actively engaged in preaching the gospel. That's the doing part. Isaiah 58, 1, cry aloud and spare not, the Bible says. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions, and the house of God their sins. Do you realize through the word of God, we see it everywhere, that Isaiah preached, and Jonah preached, and John the Baptist came preaching, and he eventually preached the gospel, when he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He came preaching. Jesus preached, Paul preached, Timothy preached, Peter preached, I mean, on and on. Stephen and Apollos, and... and uh, uh, um, I'm thinking of some of the others. I just went blank. Uh, you know, Aquila and Priscilla, they all, they went out and they preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? The good news that Jesus saves. Listen to me this morning. If you go out every day armed and ready and suited up with the word of God and obedient to the word of God and have a mind ready and looking and prepared for somebody to give the gospel to, you know what you're doing every day? You put on the shoes. You know what you're going to find out? You're going to go further. You're going to be more agile against the temptation, against the attacks of Satan. You're going to have better protection in your life. Hey, listen, if you're going to be victorious in your life as a Christian, you've got to get those gospel shoes on. You've got to get them on. How do I do that? Well, get the tracks in your pocket. 
begin praying, Lord, who are you going to put in my path to today? Well, I don't hardly get out of the house. Well, maybe it's a, maybe it's a phone repair guy. Maybe it's the guy working in the yard. Maybe it's the, may, maybe it's uh, the swans guy. Boy, that'll that'll get him to leave quick. Yeah. Thanks for all this food. Did you know Jesus is the bread of life? Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I actually had a Mormon two weeks ago. Like, why? Why are you doing this? This is what he asked me at his door. Why? Are you? I'm like thinking, buddy, you spent two years at other people's doors. But you can take me for a little bit. Good night. Yeah. He didn't like it, I guess. Hey, are you tired of losing battles? Are you tired of losing? And you know what I mean by losing, don't you? Tired of losing spiritual battles. Get in the Word of God, obey the Word of God, and get out and preach the Word of God. Say, I don't, have, I don't have any. Well, put a track in your bills. Yeah, that'll make them go up. Especially the IRS. S- send them tracks on hell. I mean, I mean that is, you pay your taxes. I put a Jack Chick track in there on hell or something like that. And, you know, it's where all you thieving. Never mind. Well, we got to go. You got your shoes on? Are you ready? You ready? <clears throat> May God help us to keep the shoes on. I think I've told you this before. I was at a car wash one time, washing my Trans Am. Oh. And a 78 black and gold. It was a good looking, good looking car. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had this. Maybe uh, I'm too transparent. Now, now you'll know that I'm a wacko. More than you already knew. And... Uh, you ever, you ever have thoughts run through your mind that you go, that, those aren't good. Those aren't, those aren't holy thoughts. Thoughts that you go, where'd that come from? Right. I remember praying. I was sitting there watching my car praying about it. I thought, boy, Lord, I need to get rid of these. I need to get rid of these. <clears throat> and it was as plain as day, the Holy Spirit of God, there's a group of young people sitting there by one of the bays just talking, washing their car, and the Holy Spirit of God said, go give them a tract. That's awkward, right? And he said, and it, you know what the Lord is like? Well, do you want victory or not? No, an aspect of victory is the gospel. So I went over there and I said, hey, you know, small talk, good church anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Game, I said, here, started handing out. They received it really well. That's funny. Yeah. Left that place, felt like God was sitting in my lap. Hmm. Obedience is its own reward, friend. If you've lost the joy of the Lord, you've lost the joy of the Lord because you've allowed something to come in between you and Him. And when you get on the gospel shoes and you get out and you preach the gospel and however, however God allows you to do it, I'm telling you, it's another, it's another avenue of armor and protection against the attack of Satan. And so I'm going to challenge you all this week and challenge us that let's get our let's get the shoes on let's get them on right where god has placed us where we're living needs the gospel and you know what's hard to do it's hard to get the gospel out when you're pulling arrows out of you too because what you know what ends up happening you spend more time dressing wounds 
than you are battling. And if we had the armor on, we wouldn't have to be dressing wounds all the time. Yeah. And uh, put them on. We've got to put them on. Father, help us. Thank you for the great reminder today. You just get out and preach the gospel. That when we preach the gospel, that, I, I, you know, Lord, maybe we haven't even thought about it like this, but it is exactly what you're saying. When we preach the gospel, when we are intent on looking and seeking for the lost, it's actually a piece of armor that helps us to withstand against the onslaught of Satan and helps us to be victorious in our Christian life. So, Lord, would you help us today that we'd put on this armor and we get out, be in the Word, endurers of the Word, and out preaching the Word, and that we'd move forward victoriously. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. See you in a few minutes. Excuse me.